When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. On April 4th, 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King was shot and killed in Memphis. A petty criminal named James Earl Ray was arrested. Case closed, right? James Earl Ray was a pawn for the official story. Some of the evidence, as far as I was concerned, did not match the circumstances. This is the MLK Tapes. The first episodes are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Still Hitler! I'm Still Robert HF. Evans. Yeah, man. Um, that This is part two of our, of our why, episodes. Why, Robert? Why? Because it's a Hitler episode. You gotta, you, know you gotta give, I mean, the, the give red episode. meat to the it's base. Like, it's like one of the only episodes where like this flies. So like, yeah. If you want to do it one more time, it's fine. I did it. Two times is enough. Two is enough. Two is a charm. My next Hitler episode. I give you um, permission. I give Robert permission. He's like, no. Welcome back <laughs> to Behind the Insurrections. Uh, this is part three. Uh, we had an episode, started off with an episode on the March on Rome. Now we're no. doing a two-parter. This is part two of our two-parter on Hitler's Munich Beer Hall Putsch. Um, and then we will continue with other fascist attempts to seize power and talking about anti-fascism. And we'll have a few more episodes to do. So yeah. um, strap in, buckle up, uh, eat some rice. 
rice seems some like rice. a good thing to eat. Get, get some, some rice. rice. It's good for you. Um, get some rice. Make it, make it that brown rice that's got like the extra, you know, the vitamins and shit in it. You, you know? know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't skin your potatoes if you're eating potatoes. That's where all the vitamins are. And I actually enjoy ready. potato skins. I, I love too. potato skins. Yeah. Never you know who didn't it. love potatoes? Actually, Hitler did love them. He was a vegetarian. Actually, he did. Because yeah. yeah. Huge, huge fan of vegetables. Anyway, here's the Let's story. Push. Yeah. As soon as von Lasso and Carr and Sicer are free, they immediately warn Berlin and call for military reinforcements from the rest of Bavaria and try to organize the rest of the police who aren't on Hitler's side into some sort of counter push. Now, <laughs> Can this you imagine t- them looking yeah. at each other right when they step out of the room like, <laughs> I can't believe that worked. We're not coming back, right? Like, no, we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna kill these back. people, right? Kill these people, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he believed us. Like, I can't believe yeah. I can't believe that worked. You know, I, I think I know why we lost the war. Yeah. <laughs> that guy might not be very smart. He's sort of a dumbass, ain't he? Yeah, I can't believe he fell for that. Yeah, yeah. So um, now, while this is happening, it's gonna take time, right? Shit mm. doesn't turn on a dime. You know, this is nighttime on the eighth when they get free and start warning everybody. It's gonna take hours for them to like actually get. Um, a counter putsch force in place to fight the Nazis. And so for the rest of the night of November 8th, the Nazis find themselves in total control of a German city for the first time in history. And they very predictably did Nazi shit. Yeah. Yeah. Members of Stoss Troop Hitler first swarmed the offices of the Munchner Post, a social democratic paper which they considered a Jewish paper. They threatened the business manager at gunpoint in order to gain entry, and then they destroyed everything inside, throwing ink on the walls, mm. cutting phone lines, smashing desks, destroying 380 panes of glass. Sheesh. One Nazi later recalled... We forced open the doors of this place, ransacked the building, and flung all the printed stuff we could lay hands upon out into the street. Now, during the assault, a police officer arrived. Not to stop the Nazis, but to make sure they didn't damage the printing presses, because Hitler wanted those, because he wanted to take them and give them to one of his newspapers. Hey, 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 you ruffian, hey, hey! We're stealing that. Don't break it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're all Nazis here. Just don't break it. That's valuable. Oh, yeah, shoot those people. Beat yeah. those people. Fine. Yeah. Just don't hurt the printing presses. Yeah. Those cost money. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all scared like, oh, no, kill that dude. I'm saying don't break the printer. Yeah. No, you're not under arrest. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they looted everything of value, including an estimated six trillion German marks, which is, you know, even at that point, a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, while they were raiding, they found the home address of the paper's editor, who's a Jewish man. So they broke into his home next and they threatened his wife at gunpoint. Now, he was already in hiding, uh, but the Nazis did not leave right away. And I'm going to quote mm-hmm. again from the trial of Adolf Hitler. This guy's name is Auer. Auer's elder daughter, Sophie, asked the intruders to be as quiet as possible because her own two-year-old daughter was sleeping. Maurice, ignoring the request, asked who the father was as he rummaged through their closets, laundry, and bedding. He then smashed up a cupboard and turned over bookshelves, apparently looking for weapons as much as any clue for the whereabouts of the editor. We are the masters and we govern now, Maurice boasted. And that guy, Maurice, would wind up being Hitler's valet, like he was his driver and shit, uh, and bodyguard for a while, yeah. Now- Attacks continued through the night, led by different gangs of Nazis. One small group was led by a bank clerk named Ernst Hubner, who got drunk at the start of the putsch and went off with friends in search of, quote, Jews and other enemies of the people to attack. They broke into restaurants and hotels, demanding that Jews exit, beating people and kidnapping them. At least 24 Jewish people were kidnapped and held hostage during this period. Numerous others were beaten. Businesses were ransacked. Nazis, in other words, did Nazi shit. 
Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things that's fun about this is in the wake of all this, stories will come out like police will claim that uh, police who were members of the Nazi party will claim that while this was happening, Hitler condemned the violence against Jewish people. Um, and the kernel of truth in that is that Hitler condemned the fact that some of his Nazis took off their swastika armbands while they were beating new Jewish people. So he didn't condemn the violence as much as he was like, why didn't you wear it? That's good. It was a branding opportunity, Stay guys. On brand, fellas. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> We got these armbands for a reason. <laughs> we paid good money for this shit. <laughs> like, what are you supposed doing? to wear it? Yeah. <laughs> so by the early morning, Hitler and his closest lackeys realized what Ludendorff had done and gradually came to understand that Berlin had been called and the army was coming for them. Mm-hmm. This brought a wave of hopelessness to some. The rash nature of the putsch, the fact that the timeline had been moved up two days at the last minute, the poor communication, and the fact that a lot of time had been spent giving long Hitler speeches to rooms full of drunk people uh, and beating up random Jewish people in the street, uh, instead of securing Munich, meant that the Nazis were about to face off against the Bavarian army without full control of the city. They yeah. kind of got drunken out of control and failed to do the things that were necessary yeah. to actually defend their territory. You yeah. know? Nazis. Yeah, y'all ain't think that through, man. Nazi Mm-mm. shit. Yeah, Nazi shit. So Ludendorff was aghast when he realized that General von Lasso had not kept his word. He is very <laughs> brokenhearted by this. He can't believe it. <laughs> he actually, like, tries to call him and be like, come on, you promised, man. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. What about that word? <laughs> you said you were going to come back, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm hurt. I'm yeah. hurt. I'm personally hurt, man. You I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. You yeah. know? No, bro, man, we're supposed to have some sort of code. Come yeah. on, man. It's so funny, uh, it's, dude. It, it's extremely funny. Um yes. So Ludendorff, yeah, is horrified. Hitler's just angry. Uh, And he insists that the Nazis go on with what most people now realize is a hopeless putsch. Hitler Mm -hmm. rants that he's prepared to fight for the cause and not a coward. Uh, He also screams that by betraying him, von Lasso and the other members of the Triumvirate had forfeited their, quote, right to exist. Oh, God. Hardcore Nazi guy. I mean, he's- Yeah, like, just just be saying, like- if it mm-hmm. wasn't so violently dangerous, again, it's like the goofball thing where I'm just like, why are you so, why are you such a drama queen, bro? Like, they've reversed their right to exist. Like, hey, man. Yeah. And you know, and hey, you ch- know Hitler was wearing those corny ass cargo short shorts when he said it, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Just like, hey, man. He's just, I'm going to, I'm going to fling my trench coat off and I got my two crosses in there. Like, bro, why the, the, the theatrics, man? Like, Look, bro, you, you was this mm-hmm. unnecessary theatrical anyway. They mm-hmm. exist you know, the right Nazis. to exist. Like, like, <laughs> it's just Nazi shit. Like, okay, yeah. man. Just if you're gonna shoot the place up, shoot the place up. You ain't gotta do all what is all this? Anyway. It's Nazi shit. You know Nazi shit. So at this point in time, Hitler's organized forces in Munich number around 4,000, whereas the government in Munich only has about 2,600 troops and police combined. And obviously, a mm. lot of the police are Nazis. Yes. Now, reinforcements were on their way rapidly, um, and so some of Hitler's men suggested retreating outside of the city with the forces they had to a small town where they had a strong base of support. Ludendorff argued against that and instead insisted that they needed to carry out a public show of strength and march through Munich in numbers to rally the people of the city to their banner. So like, that's, you know, kind of Ludendorff city is like, no, we can't yeah. retreat. If we start marching, the people will join us. We'll start the march on Berlin now. And yeah, I'm going to quote from uh, the trial of Adolf Hitler here. 
Perhaps a show of popular support would convince Carr, Lasso, and Sicer to abandon their intention to oppose them. Surely, too, it was reasoned, the army would not shoot at a procession led by such a popular national figure as General Ludendorff. The heavens will fall before the troops fire on me, Ludendorff had told a colleague the previous day. The soldiers would, it was hoped, flock to the banner of the swastika. With a little luck, nationalist momentum might push Hitler to Berlin, just as it had propelled Mussolini to Rome. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it, it didn't. Um, Hitler gathered about 2,000 men at the Burger Brow, and he did, in fact, march them to the center of the city. And for a little while, things went well. Fifteen minutes into the march, the Nazis approached a group of 30 police officers with heavy machine guns, and the police tell the Nazis to stop. And Hermann Goering yells back at them, don't shoot your comrades. And then right after saying, don't shoot your comrades, like a trumpet blows and the Nazis charge the police and take their guns and beat them unconscious with their own rifle butts, wow. which is, again... <laughs> Some serious DC on the sixth energy yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're your friends. Wham! It's, it's oh, beating word? a cop with a Blue Lives Matter flag. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, is that yeah. is that a, is that a thin blue line rag you <laughs> yeah, just yeah. tied around that man's neck to choke him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the, the police were taken captive. Um, the Nazis uh-huh. beat them and take their guns um, and send them back to the beer hall. And Nazi propaganda would describe this assault on the police as police fraternization, right? Like, it's us, <laughs> it's us being friendly with the cops. Yeah. Now, this early success would not prove to be, you know, how the rest of things went. Um, eventually, the crowd reached a barricade of 100 police officers set up in a narrow street where their flanks were protected. The Nazis advanced, and while it's not known who started shooting, a gun battle ensued. Four police officers and 16 Nazis were killed. Hitler was pulled to the ground by his bodyguard, and his shoulder was dislocated. Goering was shot in the groin and the leg. And this is actually why Hermann Goering, in the pictures you see of him as like, when he's in power is like heavily overweight. It's why he becomes a morphine addict. Like he's horribly injured and he gets addicted to painkillers. Yeah. And then he like starts overeating when he can't be on painkillers in order to deal with like, he's badly hurt by this. Now there's a couple of different stories about what happens with Ludendorff. The most common one that like Ludendorff backs is that while all of this gunfire is going on, he marches like straight backed unharmed up to the police line and is taken into custody, Mm. just completely unfrightened of bullets historians tend to suspect that like no he was a soldier like hitler and everyone else who was had military experience he dove for the ground when the shooting started you know what what to do do, right like you don't stand up yeah no one stands up (laughs) you go to the fucking ground like that's what yeah yeah and hitler gets really messed up by this too like i said his shoulder is like really badly dislocated he doesn't get shot though um and as soon as it's clear that his men because the nazis fire back and they kill some cops as soon as it becomes clear that the nazis are going to lose this giant gunfight hitler runs like fuck um and nazi propaganda would later claim that he sees like a 10 year old boy who gets wounded by the police and he like picks him up and runs him to safety this is a for one thing his arm didn't work (laughs) yeah so that didn't happen (laughs) like it's a complete lie he ran because he didn't want to die he did what every what they all literally anyone would do yeah yes is you oh they're shooting i should not get shot yeah yeah i really ain't signed up for this i just wanted to yeah no so he flees and he eventually takes a car to his friend's Putzi's Manor in rural Bavaria. And of course, as we talk about in another episode, he tries to shoot himself there and Putzi's wife, Helena, who he has a crush on, like stops yeah. him, takes his gun and like throws it into a barrel of flour, um, yeah. which is, you know, 
maybe like, not the best call anyone ever yeah, made. Yeah, it was one of those like <laughs> like short term goodness, long term. Yeah. Like in the moment, that was probably the right thing to do. But yeah, yeah, but didn't end up well. God so, yeah. yeah, Hitler eventually gets arrested uh, and he's charged with, you know, trying to overthrow the government. Yes. Now, <laughs> the maximum sentence for a guilty verdict would have been life imprisonment. And even if he wasn't put away for life, Hitler wasn't a German citizen. And the law code at the time stipulated that foreigners convicted of high treason should be deported after serving their sentence. Now, when he was brought to jail, Hitler was initially despondent, telling one police interviewer that he wanted to just shoot himself and get it over with. Yeah. But as the days and weeks went by, it became clear that most of the Bavarian government and many of its people were at best ambivalent about prosecuting Hitler. He was extremely popular. Nazi protesters took to the streets immediately after he was arrested, like shouting Heil Hitler and down with Carr. Even a lot of the cops and soldiers who had put down the rebellion were broadly pro-Hitler. They didn't want to see him punished. Now, this was kind of Wild. compounded by the fact that the press, even the left-wing press, didn't take Hitler seriously because the putsch had failed. The yeah. New York world ignored Hitler's role in it for the most part and declared it Ludendorff's putsch and depicted Hitler as a bumbling sidekick who'd gone off half cocked uh. and dragged the general down with him. A major mm. Berlin paper uh, described it as a Ludendorff putsch and compared it to a childish prank rather than a severe attempt to destroy democracy. Shh. The New York Times probably had the best coverage. They made a pointed note that Hitler was a skilled orator and very charismatic. They laid out his skill at weaving the nation's resentments and racial bigotry into a cohesive political platform capable of getting people out into the street. You know, the New York Times falls down on the job a lot later with Hitler. Yeah. Um, But at this point, like they see, uh, at least that writer sees the danger, you know? Yeah. Now- Meanwhile, in France, a left-wing paper, the Republique Francois, uh, yeah, the French Republic, I guess is the name of the paper. Yeah, we'll in call French. it that. Yeah, uh, and it's like this is a very like a socialist paper. It warns its readers that the real victim of the putsch was not the Nazis, but the Bavarian government, who had brutally suppressed a popular uprising. The trial of Adolf Hitler notes. It was instead a war between two different visions of dictatorship, and the most dangerous one, it believed, was not the one suppressed. Several papers on the left agreed with this assessment. Hitler, in his defeat, looked ludicrous and less menacing than the state authorities who had stopped him. The illusion would only grow in the coming months. So, like, no, no, the state's way worse than Hitler, you know? (laughs) Like, he's just a silly dude. (laughs) Yeah. God. Yeah. Again, the lesson of history is that no one has ever learned a lesson from history. Ever. Not a single person. Not a goddamn man. (laughs) Goddamn. And the idea, the the part that's so chilling is like, you know, him sitting in prison, almost the idea of him almost checking out and being like, maybe let's not do this. And then the streets rise up for him. And he's like, wait, what? Wait, y'all mm-hmm. like me? All right, let's 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 push on. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's uh, that part is so chilling. Where it was just like he almost stopped. Yeah, he could have been stopped. And this is the story at this point. The, yeah, is why he wasn't. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like like why he didn't. Uh. Why this wasn't the end of his political career. Um, because the big question of the Munich Beer Hall Putsch isn't why didn't it work? Because it was a terrible idea from the start, right? Yes. It was doomed from, it was badly planned and organized. Yeah, I wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. It is instead, why didn't this putsch end Hitler's career? 
And the answer to that question comes once again down to the justice system. Law enforcement, the police in Munich in particular, were critical in allowing the Nazis to rise to power in the first place. And in 1924, the year of Hitler's trial, the Justice Department would prove critical in keeping his ambitions alive, or the justice system. I don't know what they call it in Germany. Whatever. So... Hitler goes to court, and as a note, they they take him to court in like a military academy, um, and the academy is empty because all of the young soldiers being trained in the military academy were part of Hitler's putsch. Um, so like, wow. they, yeah, like like yeah, to, to show is you, this, how, yeah, yeah. Is this the trial? So I read Death of Democracy. Yes. So is this the trial where the judge was essentially like, I don't give a shit. I like the guy. Bean Dad, the dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is one of those. The Death oh, of okay. Democracy, I think, is talking about the trial with um, 
um, a, a different, like, there were a couple of trials like that. Okay. It happened more than once. Okay, This cool. is the first time. Well, actually, the it's first. not the first time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not I've the been... first time with this judge, as we're about That's to talk crazy. about. Okay, go ahead. So the presiding judge in Hitler's case was a guy named George Neidhart. Now, Neidhart had a reputation for opposing democracy and liberalism and just loving himself the far right. He was a monarchist in his bones, and he took his rage at Weimar democracy out on left wing, like, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, people like on the left who wound up in his docket. Mm -hmm. Now, this was not an isolated phenomenon in Germany. Most judges were very much far right. Statistician Emil Gumbel uh, analyzed murder trials in Weimar, Germany from 1918 to 1922. Uh, he found, quote, right-wing defendants received a not guilty verdict no fewer than 326 of 354 cases. Oh there were God. no death penalties and only one life sentence. Left-wing oh defendants, by contrast, were judged innocent only four of the 22 cases, receiving 10 death penalties and three life sentences. The length oh of the sentence also can confirm the double standard. 15 years on average for the left, four months for the right. Good. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination. Our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. We're back. Now, to bring this back to modern history... (sighs) 
yeah. The, the UK Guardian just conducted a study on <clears throat> last year's protests involving 13,000 left and right wing demonstrations oh, and found that police were like four times as likely to use force on left wing demonstrators and three and a half times as likely to use force on left wing demonstrators during protests where there was no destruction of property or looting. Mm-hmm. So this is not a the left like loots more. This is yeah. a win in right wing protests where there's no violence and left wing protests where, where there's no violence. The police are three times and a half times more likely to use violence against the left. Um, cool stuff. Is. Cool shit. It's the same. <laughs> it's all the same. Broadly speaking, yeah. like we do, like our judges and DAs and stuff are kind of, well, in some areas are less like the Nazis were, right? Yeah. For one thing, they didn't transition from being under a king to a democracy and weren't all angry about that. Yeah, um, yeah Which yeah. is not to say, like the whole Justice Department is stacked towards the right, but it's not as bad as it was for Weimar, but it's pretty totally. bad. Yeah. Now, Neidhart had actually ruled on a case involving Hitler once before in January of 1922 when Hitler had attacked a rifle politician giving a speech at another beer hall. Hitler had mm-hmm. faced three to six months in prison then, and Neidhart had ordered him to serve just a month, although he'd also put him on probation. And Hitler was on probation when he tried to overthrow the government in 1923. <laughs> he was on probation. Wow. They man already on mm-hmm. probation. Dang, then you you like, oh, I know the judge. We good. Mm-hmm. The judge who knew that Hitler was on probation didn't bring this up at all during the trial, didn't inform the jury, made sure no one knew that Hitler was on probation when he tried to overthrow the government. Oh, Oh my God. That's extremely funny. It's it's rad as hell. Don't don't. Yeah. No, no notes. So, yeah, uh, the website. Famous Trials gives a good overview of how the case opened, and it makes it clear just how stacked the deck was in Hitler's favor. The presiding judge called Hitler to the stand. Consistent with German procedure at the time, the questions came from the judge, not the prosecutor, although they were written largely by the prosecution. In the afternoon session, Hitler gave a nearly four-hour opening statement that dazzled spectators. He began by telling his life story, then shifted to his political vision. He was animated, his voice rising and falling as he laid out his vision of the country's problems and hopes for the future. He was unsparing in his criticism of racial minorities and left-wing ideologies, calling communists not even human. He blamed the government in Berlin for the economic crisis, saying it had practically robbed the people of the last marks from their pockets. He said, policy is made not with the palm branch, but the sword. Hitler's words were reported around the world. Hitler claimed to want only the best for his people and said he alone bore the responsibility and also every consequence for the failed putsch. He compared the Bavarian leaders who turned on him to a horse that lost its courage before the hurdle. So four hours of this shit. Yeah. And one of the main (laughs) impacts of this is that he gets to speak for hours and lay out his entire yeah. political philosophy at a trial that is internationally reported on. So suddenly yeah. this guy who was unknown outside of Bavaria becomes known worldwide. Yeah. Because the yeah. judge Can lets you, him just say whatever he wants. Just say whatever he wants. Can you imagine being a prosecution in this situation mm-hmm. and being like, is he done? Like, Point of order? Are you, <laughs> this is are four you hours. It's four hours, dog. Like, you not even talking about the case. Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So when sensitive matters were addressed, matters whose disclosure might be especially embarrassing to the government or suggest a violation of the Versailles Treaty, like all of the machine guns being given to militias, the court went into secret session. So, for example, Hitler's testimony that his party's stormtroopers were trained with the knowledge and support of Bavarian authorities, a clear violation of the treaty, was never heard or reported by the international press. So the fact that, like... 
Before Hitler tried to overthrow the government, the army had trained and given guns to his militias. They, they just hid that. Talk about that. Because it's a violation of international law, you know? Because we just, we broke our, yeah. We, we broke Dog. everyone's laws. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's laws. Yeah. Dog. So a bunch of fucked up stuff came out during the trial, including the fact that the Bavarian police commissioner had been promised by Hitler one week before the putsch that he would not do a putsch. Like, Sicer went to Hitler and was like, are you planning to overthrow the government? And Hitler was like, no, of course not. Why is everybody just Me? trusting each other? Hitler overthrow a government? No. Come on, man. Hey, we're good, bro. You're we're good. good. Don't even we're trip. We're good. We're good. Can I have some more machine guns? Like 30 more, maybe. Tops, right? I'm just, like 30 look, more machine guns for duck hunting, you know? I tell you what. <laughs> pass me them guns. Promise you everything's cool. Mm -hmm. These are not overthrowing the government guns. They're, nah. um, you know... Like, you know, just walking around guns just for, for the, for, the, for, for style. I'm a collector. You know? I'm, hey, a collector I'm a collector of collector. machine guns. Yes. Yeah, Doug. So. Yeah, Doug. Why is everybody, why everybody in power just believe the other dudes? Like. Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, homie, you gonna come back, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it, hey, yeah. you're not gonna do this, right? You're not gonna okay, overthrow cool. the government, are you? We're good. Oh, <laughs> y'all, man. This is so, why they needed women in power, because we would have been like, trust issues, No. <laughs> oh, absolutely no, not no 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 there, there has been there's been multiple times that my wife has been absolutely correct mm -hmm. about stuff that i was completely like no nah, it's cool it's cool she was like uh no it's not and i'm smart enough after this many years to listen to her now, no one listened to anyone smart when they put Hitler on trial. At there all. was a good member of the prosecution who really wanted to put him away, but other members of the prosecution were actually sympathetic to Hitler. <laughs> one of the prosecutors described Hitler's desire to institute a military dictatorship as a high, perhaps morally legitimate goal, although he added that this did not justify his use of criminal means. Hey, man, <laughs> you were right to overthrow the government to institute a dictatorship, but did you have to use violence? Hey, man. <laughs> like, not like this, bro. Peaceful protest, Hitler. Come Just, on. Come on, man. Not like this. Wow. Uh, the prosecution, wow. some of the prosecution at least, praised Hitler's honest efforts to inspire belief in the German cause and said, as human beings, we cannot withhold our respect from Hitler. What the? F <laughs> I'm, I am growing, trying uh, to grow in empathy here, but I'm just like, okay, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but fam, you, mm -hmm. for real? You know who's not getting enough respect? This Hitler fella. This guy. No respect. Yeah, I've been reading. You know, I've been reading this guy. Mm -hmm. I heard him talk for twenty two days because he mm -hmm. ain't shut up the whole twenty two <laughs> days, and I think something in there. Mm -hmm. I think this guy might be a pretty guy. good Hitler. Might be our best Hitler, you know? Yeah. Let's give him a shot. Wow. On March 27th, Hitler gave his final statement, as defendants were allowed to do under German law. Hitler told the court that his goal was never to become a minister. Instead, I wanted to be the destroyer of Marxism. He said he was born for politics, and just as a bird must sing because he is a bird, he had to engage in a political life. He felt he had the duty to step forward and save Germany. The putsch was not a failure, Hitler said. On the contrary, it raised people to the highest pitch of enthusiasm. He predicted the hour will come when the masses who stand in the street under our swastika flag will unite with those who fired on us at us on November 8th. He said, the army we have formed is growing from day to day. Hitler's words moved a number of people in the courtroom to tears. Hitler argued that the government was prosecuting the wrong people. 
For it is not you, gentlemen, who pronounce judgment upon us. Instead, the judgment of the eternal court of history will pronounce against this prosecution which has been raised against us. That's a quote from uh, Famous Trials. Yeah, it's pretty great shit. They just let him say that. Kind of rad. Rocks, to be honest. And he was... And he was dead ass serious that mm-hmm. like, yo, you, I'm, I'm not done, y'all. This mm-hmm. is only the beginning. Oh no, I'm gonna keep Hitlering. That's what Hitlers I'm, do. Yeah, they just ABH to, baby. You know ABH. me. ABH. Yeah. The, the big, the big, big Hitlerese. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is that a new T-shirt too? Yeah. No, can we get an always no, be? Probably no, not, huh? No. Probably not. Okay. Yeah, let's not do that. You don't probably know if not. you can invoke. I don't know if you can invoke the old hits. Putting on the hits. That's putting the, the shirt. Hits. Putting if on the hits. To go where you can go. <laughs> putting on the Hitlers. So Hitler and his co-defendants were found guilty. Uh, most yes. of them were sentenced to five years in prison, which was the absolute minimum sentence. And they would all be yeah. eligible for parole in six months. Ludendorff was acquitted on all charges. Judge Neidhart justified the lenient sentences by citing Hitler's purely patriotic, noble, and unselfish motive of wanting to be the supreme ruler. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. 
We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. ...of all Germany. This guy's not selfish. He just wants to be the dictator. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Okay, okay, so Uh, hear me out. I know I did this, and I know a lot of people died, but I'm also trying to take over the country. Yeah, in my defense, I wanted to be the dictator, you know? That's in my defense. And 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 I'm trying to save you Mm -hmm. from an imaginary enemy. Yeah, you might not have a dictator if I'm not your dictator. You know, you don't want to get a dictator if I wasn't your dictator. Mm. So So, some observers at the time recognized how preposterous and terrifying all of this was. They probably confided in their wives. Continue. Yeah. One German journalist called it a political carnival and pointed out that the judge allowing Hitler to make repeated flowery speeches just turned the trial into an ad for the Nazi party. And it seems to have worked. That spring, despite the party being officially banned, three of Hitler's 10 co-defendants were elected to the Reichstag. So when I think about like, yeah, when I think about the fact that like, okay, so we've gone through another impeachment trial. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is people still on Donald Trump's side? Like when I, I, I just imagine myself being a senator and just when it's my time to talk, just being like, did we all not almost die Tuesday? Mm-hmm. What is the fucking holdup? We just did. Were y'all here? We was all here, right? Did I didn't imagine this? Did we almost die on Tuesday? What, it, what are y'all talking about? Like, I just imagine that. So I imagine somebody in, in, you know, the Weimar Republic at the time going, did y'all just hear? Am I the only one that just heard this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did y'all just, y'all heard that? This is a bad idea. How come nobody else hear that this is a bad idea? Yeah, mm. yeah that's kind of the repeated story of fascism in a yeah. lot of countries. So, yeah, because humans never learn anything. Not a is that the name lesson. of your next podcast after yeah. this? Humans never learn anything. <laughs> no one yes. learns anything. So, why listen to this show? Just download yes. it so I get the ad dollars and just stumble forward. Yeah. I don't know. So Entertain Hitler yourself. was sent to Landsberg Prison. Um, and Landsberg Prison had two parts. There was a normal prison, which was like a panopticon, one of those big prisons where like the guards in the middle can see everything everyone does. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a big castle that's like a luxury hotel. And Hitler gets sent to the luxury hotel uh, part of the prison. Of course this motherfucker gets sent mm-hmm. to the luxury hotel. It's like, it's, the Germans had a whole chunk of their justice system that was luxury prisons for mainly right-wing terrorists. Oh, uh, yeah, he went like, to Club Fed. Like yeah. We call- you know what I'm saying? Like Count Arco Valley, the um the guy who shot uh Eisner went to this prison and got yeah. like 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 and gets like you know he lives in like a nice like a like a condo basically. Yeah. And that's like, what man, Hitler might, gets. I might go yeah. rob somebody so mm-hmm. I can go back. Oh no, you got to try to overthrow the government as a fascist to get, to get that to go one, here. Yeah. yeah. So he gets a, Hitler gets a private apartment at this castle. He's given tea, coffee, nice food, a liter a day of beer, and all the books he wanted to read. His time was all his own. He was allowed to spend five hours a day walking through the garden and stuff, deep in thought. All of his friends were in jail with him, and they got to, like, party and play music. It was Damn. less prison and more being locked in a nice castle with your friends for less yeah, than a year. Yeah, I was year. like, you're on yeah. a retreat, bro. A lot of people would pay for this, you know? Yeah. Sounds like, so, a, sounds like a frat house. 
I was going to say like a TikTok influencer house. Yeah, it's a, um, a hype house. Which Aww. is probably where our next fascist dictator will come I'm from. I'm so proud of both of you for knowing those references. Oh, yeah. Good I've job. been reading oh, yeah. Taylor Lawrence's Good job, work. guys. Yeah. So hip. Aww. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert Laura Vanderkam teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, we're back. The worst thing about Hitler's sentence was that all of the comfortable free time that he got in Landsberg gave him space to work on his ideology. Here we go. 1924 would, as a result, go on to be one of the most important years in Hitler's life. I'm going to quote now from a write-up by Douglas Linder. By July, Hitler was hard at work on a work that would be both autobiography and political manifesto. The completed work would be called Mein Kampf. It would be 782 pages long, and it would sell 12 million copies by 1945. In the book, Hitler developed the two great themes that would mark his later career. First, he defined world history as a struggle between races and saw Aryans as the culture-creating race and Jews as the culture-destroying race. Second, he lays out a case for the imperative of German territorial expansion to the east. He called it living space for Germans, or Lebensraum. Mm. On December 19th, the Bavarian Supreme Court ruled in favor of Hitler's parole. Hitler was released the next day. He said, when I left Landsberg, everybody wept, by which he means the guards, but not I. Hitler said his time in prison gave him that fearless faith, that optimism, that confidence in our destiny, which nothing could shake thereafter. He said that the prison had given him a frenzy of liberty, and that, without my imprisonment, Mein Kampf would never have been written. What? Good shit. Damn it. Good shit. I felt like as soon as you named the the prison, if this was a movie, that's when like the single key of the haunting song starts. Yeah. That you think it's over and then the music builds and then it's having him walking around the thing with his hands behind his back, just kind of chilling. And then it zooms in on him writing. Mm -hmm. On top of that, it says Mein Kampf. And we're just like, fuck! Yeah, no! yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. To be yeah. continued. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. So, yeah. prop 
Oh God, that means you're stopping right there. Yep, that's the, that's, I mean, that's the putsch, you know, that's the story uh, yeah, of the, the putsch and what happened after. We're going to talk more about anti-fascism in Germany in a later episode of this miniseries and stuff, because we nope. didn't really, that a lot of that hadn't started yet, you know? Yeah. Um, but I after, you, yeah. yeah, I got my names wrong, because I thought this was the one when they set, when he set the, set the building on fire. No, no, that's the Reichstag fire. That's um, the Reichstag fire. That's, that's what he's already in power when that happened. At that that's, point, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, no, this is, this is his first attempt to take power. And the fact that he receives no meaningful punishment from it is why he winds up in power. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, huh? Wow. It's rad. So you should probably probably punish somebody. You can't let this shit ride. Okay. Yeah. Maybe if a fascist tries to overthrow your government, they should face severe consequences. You gotta, you can't let it ride. Yeah. You can't let it ride. For the sake of unity. You're not a big fan of the justice system or you want unity because it'll come back on you eventually. Yeah, of course. Maybe. Oh. You know, possibly. Prophiphop.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are my plugs, Kay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and my plug is nothing. I have no plugs. I refuse to plug. I will fight to the death anyone who tries to make me plug. So he will put the put the plugs. I will, have I have I missed a plug? Nah, it's your funeral. All right, well, bro. The thing is, like, you have so many things to plug. Yeah, it's like that I get plug. it. It's exhausting. Um, I have, I have plugs for you, Robert. All right, all right, all right. Plug me, plug me. Um, Robert is at I write okay on Twitter. He true. has he has a book called The Brief History of Vice. Uh huh. He has a podcast called uh, It Could Happen Here. Uh-huh. Worst year ever with Katie Stoll and Cody Johnston. Yep. Uh. Uh, uprising, which he, burp, burp. which he did, which which is with uh, local journalists and activists from Portland on the Portland uprising. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so tired. Behind the police with this exactly. beautiful man prop as well. Wes West. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. God damn it, Robert! Why did we do so many shows? Uh, you got the, you got got the one book. about the uh, the women, the women, oh, the women's, women's war, war, the women's yeah. war, which is when he went to Syria. Um, I'm so tired. You're uh, a machine, fool. At T Public for our merch. Uh, you could get the logo shirt for this podcast behind the insurrections there, and you can follow us. Yo, on Twitter and Instagram at Bastards Pod. Hey, what as a I funny, do? you nailed it. You nailed it. Um, I as also a have funny a book. Thing. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Wow, well, I heard the first episode today. Dang. Oh, you did. Oh, good. I listened to it. That was dope. Yeah, it's uh, you can find it in the Behind the Bastards feed. Yeah. yeah, we'll be coming out with the rest of it as a separate thing, and it'll also be available in EPUB form, so you can read it if you want to read it. So Yo, it'll be out. I, I, somebody did say on my uh, comments, which was uh, was so hilarious. Well, I don't want to drag the guy because mm-hmm. I appreciate they follow me, but that um, about the about the artwork for this for this pod that like because I'm pretty sure there wasn't a fire there, so you guys putting a fire on there is there pretty. Was a fire. Uh, deceptive yeah, I'm like, I, guys it's it's uh, number one what i'm thinking they yeah. turned around the in, the logo in like two days and, and this was the best thing good. we could the think of i think it's fine idea that i had that if somebody wants to create for me like i love you so it was much. a fun idea yeah my favorite yeah. idea ever is i wanted to take like like in regards to like the show friends when they're on that mm-hmm. couch and on a fountain but yeah. the fountain at the U.S. Capitol, and then it's like Franco, Mussolini, Trump, and Hitler sitting on the couch. 
that would I think that would have been fun. But, if somebody could do yeah. that for me, like you'll make, we got the one you'll, that make we got. My, you'll make my like month. Yeah. Please. And also it's just look guys, it's just it's just artwork. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, this it's just the artwork. What, what are you gonna What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like, yeah, it's relax. fine. We wanted to get across that this is history uh, behind the insurrection that happened at the Capitol, That's, and we have like an inch wide thing to do it in. It's fine. Deal with yeah. it. Like, what do you, what do you, fine, what do you want? What do you want? Come this on. This content just, is free. It's free. None of you are paying for this. No. Come on. Unless you're buying our wonderful products and services. In which case, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you very very much. We love you. Um, We love products, services, all that stuff. Um, All right. Episode's over. Have a nice day. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment, a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.